the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to talk to you today about your perspective. I want you to say that word with me, perspective. Say it with me together, perspective. I want you to leave today thinking about that one word, perspective. I'm going to share with you three lessons today that will help us to learn something about our perspective. Number one, we need to understand that perspectives are powerful. They're very, very powerful. What is a perspective? A perspective is a mental view. It's a frame of reference. It's a mindset towards something or so someone. It's the way you look at things. I like to think of it this way. Perspective is the lens through which you look at the world, through which you look at God, through which you look at yourself, through which you look at other people. All of us have a lens through which we look at those things in our life. None of us see things clearly. We have a lens that is applied to our thinking process, our mindset, and it affects how we view our world, people, even God himself. And this perspective, this lens that you carry around with you without knowing it, has accumulated in your life over time by the examples that you've had in your life. You've had good examples in your life. You've learned some good lenses, some good filters, and how you view the world. If you've had bad examples in your life, you probably developed some bad thinking in that regard. Your lenses come from your experiences. If you've had good experiences in life, you've developed a good view of God, a good view of the world around you, a good view of people, maybe even a good view of yourself. It comes from your education, your formal education, your informal education. You learn certain things, and that forms a certain opinion, a certain way that you look at the world, a certain perspective that you live by. It happens through whatever you're exposed to in life. The movies that you watch, they form a certain expectation or perspective of your life. The websites you visit, the music you listen to, the books you read, all these kinds of things are creating a view of the world, a view of God, a view of yourself, and a view of others. These are the lenses through which you view the world around you. And perspectives, as I've mentioned, can be good, they can be bad, they can be right or wrong, they can be true or false, they can be righteous or unrighteous, or some combination thereof. But we all have a lens through which we view the world. This was Jonah's problem. The primary problem with Jonah is he had the wrong perspective, the wrong way of thinking. He was looking at God through the wrong lens. He was looking at the Assyrians through the wrong lens. He did not have the right perspective. His perspective was warped. And that has consequences in your life. This is what I want you to see. Perspectives are not benign. The way you view, the lens through which you look at the world, whatever's formed that way, your, your way of thinking and looking at people and looking at God, whatever way you look at people, God, and the world around you, it has consequences in your life emotionally, 
you feel based upon how you look, your perspective. It's going to affect the feelings of your life. I'll give you an example of this. Let's say you're on uh, I-270. Most of us drive 270 from time to time. And generally, there's a lot of traffic on 270. And so when you're driving 270, either north or south, and let's say there's another car that comes along, just speeds past you very quickly, cuts in front of you, and then heads all the way across all the lanes to an exit. What are you going to feel at that moment? What are you going to say at that moment? Something like, God bless him. It's wonderful. No, you're probably going to feel frustrated and have some things, at least you think and perhaps say about this guy that just cut in front of you and had this very, what seemed to be dangerous action that maybe was dangerous or reckless to you. And it's going to create emotions inside of you. And let's just say that you found out that that guy had someone in the car with him who was having a heart attack and he was trying to get to the hospital at that moment and you understood in a different manner, a different perspective, would your feelings change? They would change, right? Why? Because your perspective affects your feelings. How you, are you all tracking with me today? How you view God affects how you feel in your life. How you view other people affects how you feel in your life. How you view the world around you is going to affect how you feel in your life. How you view yourself is going to affect how you... Your perspective is extremely powerful. It's the lens through which you see everything. And this was the problem that Jonah had in his life. I'm going to take you to another example in the Bible of a man who had a different kind of perspective, a better perspective, so we can kind of compare him with Jonah just for a moment. And the story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of a man by the name of David. You know him well. And this is the time before David becomes king. He's a shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep, and his dad sends him on a mission to go take some food and get some information from his brothers who were in the army and they were in a battle with or about to be in a battle with the Philistine army. And take a look at what happens here in the story and let's see a different perspective and the consequences of our perspectives. First Samuel 17, verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early next, the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. So his father sent him with some gifts for his brothers who were in the army. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. And so they're forming their battle lines, the Philistine army here, the Israelite army here, and they're facing one another. So David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. So he goes to find them where they are, to greet them, to bring the message from their father, to give them the gifts. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Now, what would happen was this. Here are the two armies, and on the Philistine side... There was a a giant named Goliath, and he would come out every day, the Bible says, for 40 days. He would look at the Israelite army, and he would say, send somebody over here to fight me. And he taunts them and intimidates them because he's a giant, big guy. I mean, really a a true giant. And so he says, send somebody to to fight me, and here's, here's here's the agreement we have. If that person defeats me, then all of us will serve Israel, but if I defeat that person that comes from your ranks, then you guys will serve us. And so nobody wants to 
fight him. It's an intimidating set of circumstances. Look at what happens next. As soon as the Israelites, Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Here's what I want you to see. Actually, let me read the first next verse for you, and I'll mention this. Have you seen the giant, the men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. The only thing that the Israelite army could see was a giant. Their perspective for 40 days straight was the fact they saw this giant. Their minds and their lenses were focused on the giant. It's like they had a telephoto lens, and all they could see was this giant intimidating them. This is important because that's their perspective. And the Bible says that every time they saw him and heard him, because of their perspective that he's the giant who may defeat us, they run away in fear. So there's an emotional consequence associated with their perspective. Are you hearing that today? Perspective matters. It's powerful. Now let's see David's perspective here. Look at what happens next. Verse 26. David asked the soldier standing nearby, What will a man get for killing the Philistine, ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Let's stop there for a moment. The Israelite army, all they saw was a giant, but David didn't see the giant. David saw God who could defeat the giant. This is important. The Israelites had a perspective of the giant. David had a perspective of God. And so he says, who is this pagan Philistine that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Verse 45, David finally goes to to the giant. He's going to fight him. He replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Here you see that one group had fear. David had courage. One group was anxious and intimidated. David was courageous and strong. Why? Because he had the right perspective. Notice the difference in perspective. Your perspective is powerful. If it's warped, it's going to hurt your life. If it's healthy, it's going to help your life. That leads me to my second point today. Perspectives are very deceptive. The challenge with perspectives is that we don't always know what our perspective is. We don't do a lot of self-analysis to realize what lens am I looking at life through. We have a hard time doing this. We don't realize what perspective is controlling us. And this to me is one of the saddest things about Jonah. Through all the situations that Jonah went through, we studied them all over the last several weeks. Remember what he went through? He went through a storm right? He goes through the moment of being cast into the sea. He's swallowed by a big fish. He goes through all these different circumstances. But in all of this, his perspective of God, his perspective of God's plan for his life never changes. This is the saddest part of the story for me. Jonah was the same man at the end of the story as he was at the beginning of the story. He had technically obeyed God, But in obeying God, he'd never changed on the inside. 
And I want us to see today that it's true for us as well, that we can, we can, if you will, obey God, we can love God, we can do all the right things and still have the wrong perspective about God, the wrong perspective about ourselves and other people in the world around us, and, and not understand the impact it's having upon us. There are a lot of Christian believers who are going to heaven when they die because they know Jesus as Lord of their life, they've given their life to Christ, but their, their thinking is still is still warped. Their thinking is still disjointed and their thinking is still distorted. They have the wrong lens over their spiritual eyes and they're following worldly examples and worldly exposure and worldly education and worldly influences in their life and it's filtering, it's creating the the lens through which they filter the world around them. Paul talks about this in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Look at what he says. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. He's talking to Christians. He says, don't live like the world lives. Gentiles refers refers to the world there. For they are hopelessly confused. Please notice that statement. The world without God, what are they? Hopelessly confused. The whole world structure as we see it out there today is hopelessly confused. It doesn't take much to figure that out because the world around us is calling things that we know to be wrong, calling them right, and everything's twisted around and perverted. And so it should not surprise us because that's how the world thinks, hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. That is, they have the wrong perspective. People living in the world apart from God are living with a wrong perspective. They're viewing life the wrong way. And so how do we find freedom from this? Jesus talked about this as well in John chapter 8. Look at what he said. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth. What's the opposite of truth? A lie, deception, okay? So he says, you're you're living in deception. You need to know the truth because it's the truth that will do what? Set you free. This is important to grasp here. So Jesus is teaching us, saying, you know what? If you need to, for your filters, your lenses to be changed, the only way for your lenses to be changed is to gain truth. And once you gain truth, there's a consequence of that truth, and that is liberation or freedom in your life. Paul talks about this as well in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Notice this, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So Paul says the real problem with us living for God is not that we don't want to live for God, it's that we're thinking the wrong way, and that keeps us from being as effective for God as we should be. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, your eye, circle that word because we'll come back to it in a moment, is a lamp that provides light for your body. I provides light. 
for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So this whole passage is about light, darkness, and eyes, okay? Let's talk about it for a moment. When Jesus says your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body, he's not just talking about your physical eye. He's talking about something beyond that. What do you use your eye for to see? It's how you view things. You view life through your eyes, okay? And so when Jesus said your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body, he's saying your perspective is going to give light to your life or darkness to your life. When your eye, when your perspective, when you're thinking, when your lens and how you're looking at God and the world and yourself and others, when it's good, then your whole body is filled with light. But when it's bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. There's a consequence to your perspective. And that's why Paul oftentimes prays prayers like this in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, he prays it multiple places, but here's one example of it. Ever since, I, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. What is he praying? Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding or insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light. I pray that you'll see the light. I pray that you'll have moments when your inner being will light up with an understanding that you didn't have before so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So we see this, this capacity that we have for darkness in all of us and the call of Jesus to bring us into the light or bring us into the truth that brings about freedom. Now, here's the final thing that I want to share with you. This is the hope part part today. So your perspective is powerful. How you're viewing the world is extremely powerful. It has consequences in your life. And most, most often, we don't even realize how dark we are in the way that we view. We picked up things from our experiences around us, our education, all kinds of things that have taught us things that are different than God's Word is. And so here's the hopeful point for us today, and that's this. Perspectives are changeable. Did Saul's perspective change? Saul of Tarsus? Radically change in a moment. The sad part about Jonah is that God worked with Jonah over and over again, trying to get him to change his perspective, but he never did. He stayed the same. And so the idea is that our perspectives are changeable, but the question becomes, how do we change them? What's going to change your view of God? What's going to change your view of the world? What's going to change your view of yourself and others? There's only one thing that will ever change you, and that is truth, okay? And where are we going to find the truth? How do we know truth? There's only one primary source of truth, and that is God's Word. There's only one primary source of truth. Now, there are many aspects of truth, but any truth is always first and foremost consistent with God's Word. Any truth is, has its foundation in the Word of God. 
And so we need God's word to give us truth in our lives, but it's not just enough to have that word generally. We need it personally in our lives, and that brings into play the Holy Spirit. This is the essence of where I want to come with today's message. Everything I've said so far is leaning up to this point today. So listen very closely. You need to think the right way about God. You need to think the right way about people. You need to think the right way about yourself. You need to think the right way about the world around you. All of us do. And the only way you and I can think the right way is to have our minds transformed by truth that comes from the Word of God, but it has to be applied in your particular life by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has to work inside of you through His Word to reveal truth to you in such a way that it dawns on you, and just like Paul, you say, I saw the light. I saw the light. I was thinking this way, and now I I see differently. I I, I thought that was the right way to think, but now in the light of God's Word, I, I see that my thinking has been completely wrong, and You have to be open for that to happen in your life. And that only happens by the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus said about this. John 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit, that's who he's talking about here. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into, what will he do? You guys alive here? Okay. He will... Guide you. Who's you? Point to yourself right there. That's me, okay? He will guide you into. What is the Holy Spirit's job in your life? To guide who? You, me. Into all. That's his job. That's what he's, that's the assignment God gave him. How many of you believe Jesus had an assignment when he came to earth? What was his assignment? to live, to minister, but to ultimately go to the cross and die for the sins of the world and to rise from the grave. He was given an assignment. Well, if Jesus was given an assignment, the Holy Spirit has been given an assignment as well. And what is the assignment of the Holy Spirit? To guide who? You into? Why? Because truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. And so if you're living in deception, you're living in darkness, and in darkness you're going to be bound up because the opposite of freedom is bondage. And so you and I need to discover truth that liberates us so we can be all that God created us to be. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.